0: Everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Skeptically Inclined Science Podcast. We're on episode thirty-four. Uh, <laughs> I'm Evan. And I'm Tom. Hello. You seem very happy already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Always happy to see you, Booba. Uh yeah. Pumped. Yeah, we're for, meeting today on Thursday. We're meeting on an earlier day. Yeah, um, yeah. because we are not around when we usually record, but it's not gonna cause a drop in quality whatsoever. We're we're uh Still going to have some crazy, incre- incredible science stories to oh, discuss. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and speaking of which, what what are you going to talk about, Tom? Then today on on a, on today's episode?
1: Yes. So I promised regenerative medicine, but because we we're moving it everything in time, and I had my wisdom it removed yeah. this week, so I didn't really had didn't have, didn't have enough time to cover it in the enough detail that I would want it. So I decided to talk a little bit in more detail about this new strain of HIV virus that was discovered that was discovered in the Netherlands a couple of days ago um yeah so this is something that i know a little bit more than i do know about the generative medicine so we didn't take me that much time to kind of cover that (laughs) subject so you
0: teased the fans and then you took it away from them
1: i will i will talk about it because i have uh, i have already bookmarked websites and papers about this because it's a it's really cool and futuristic kind of thing so um I'm definitely, when I cover this next, uh, I just need to have enough time to, <laughs> to get, study. That, to get uh, that done. Yeah, yeah you, don't want you?
0: It, you want to give it justice.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh,
0: how about you? Yeah, so today I'm just going to talk about um, basically certain drugs. I'm um, spe- specifically looking at ketamine uh, and its use in uh, trying to treat suicidal ideation uh, and also looking at uh, other disorders like depression, bipolar and like what the results are and as well like uh kind of microdosing and what maybe is it all positive effects that um you get from these this kind of treatment and like kind of uh, assessing what what the traditionally taboo or uh, banned drugs um and how they can potentially be used in the future to treat like these psychiatric disorders i suppose or mental health issues mm. that w- mm. we're seeing in common now in um society so i think it'd be an interesting discussion and uh yeah and the netherlands seems to be the best place where this research is happening so i'm <laughs> just like get yourself on these clinical trials <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like yeah just don't get depressed in in the first place like don't induce
1: your own depression just to get on the trial. Just,
0: just treat just tell people don't get depressed and then they'll they'll be fine like <laughs> oh yeah isn't that how it works just get a house. just tell you yeah <laughs> stop being depressed <laughs> revolutionary treatment um mm-hmm. yeah so yeah before we get into your uh n- new stories uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you got your uh your wisdom teeth out how yes. was it was it traumatic
1: uh, i was no because i was trying to be cool uh, about it but when the, day co- when the day came and i woke up and i was i was going there and i was kind of i was thinking Damn this is, this is, I'm getting a little bit anxious now because yeah. I don't really know what to expect but um it was all pretty pretty fast and I didn't really feel any pain because obviously they they uh, give you an, ease, the, an anesthesia they, yeah, yeah. 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 and put me under local un- localized um, so I was awake and they put like a clot over my eyes so I didn't see what was happening and then Nearly uh, fell asleep the,
0: did you?
1: <laughs> I couldn't because the surgeon he was twice the size of me and he applied a lot of pressure on my face to yank the teeth out and when when I could like feel everything on my face and uh but then he I think it all together took like 5 minutes and they they stitched it up um and it was all very quick and then I didn't really I didn't really know what was happening at some point he just said like all right that's it and I only I turned my head back and I noticed like this it was quite big. I It was a ma- massive root on that tooth, so it was.
0: Yeah, uh, you but I didn't get to keep it.
1: I didn't get to keep it. I, just, like, I wasn't thinking straight at the time. I yeah. wish I could ask him, like, can I have it? Because <laughs> at that point, I would have, like, three of my own uh, teeth. I could yeah. make, like, a necklace, you know, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you could put it
0: in one of those, um, what's it, that plastic that you it gets hard, like... Um, or, like, a mould or something. A mould, yeah, like, yeah. and you just have it, like, displayed around yeah I, mean, like, I, I
1: i do i do have two of my teeth um that fall out and uh, yeah. maybe at some point i will i will give them to my significant other as yeah like, valid, something like that. here's a part of me
0: you should and you should like not tell them just like leave it <laughs> randomly and like <laughs> let them see your love for them through that
1: <laughs> okay that's <laughs> psychopathic <laughs> and uh, yeah, other so that was that was that, that was your big interesting. Story. Yeah, and then I also put my DNA model, which was uh, yeah. I think is really
0: cool on your on your. I seen it on your Instagram stories. Yeah, so. that's pretty big. It's a pretty big um, model. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's big enough. Yeah, it's hanging off the lamp, um, and it's yeah. I had, it took me like two days to put it together. So one day I was putting like all the oh, all the atoms together and stuff like that, and then the next day I was trying to figure out how to. How to hang them uh on the mm. strings because the model came in with like strings so you have to figure out a way oh. how to put them together and like it we- looks cool because it's like a double helix did you- and it's like right-handed and it goes down
0: did you feel like you're a watson and crick solving the structure of uh dna and,
1: well i felt a little bit better because i my model was not
0: Surrounded in the controversy as their model <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, uh, but I was like not what, n- "What have you robbed as well? What <laughs> other inspiration from? Yeah, what, what poor I woman did you rob? <laughs> <laughs> ideas did you rob from? Um, and
1: uh, anything? Anything happened to you this past Not really. Quiet, really. Haven't been to the cinema. Didn't complain about any other <laughs> ads.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Did I've you watch the Super Bowl? I didn't watch the Super Bowl. No. Did you? Watch I kind the, of a lot uh, of it all went over my head. Anyways, he like, what was <laughs> it? I, oh yeah, I just seen. Uh, it was a TikTok man. It was like playing. Then he was wearing a U.S. Ser- shirt, a U.S. shirt, and he was like the U.S. national anthem was playing, and he was like proud of how U.S. still winning the U- the Super Bowl. Because they usually call it the World Championship, isn't it, or something like that? But it's only the US player. Yeah, or? it's only the US. It's like a joke, like how um <laughs> like they dominate because it's a US sport. And baseball is also, right? They call it World Series. Yeah, the World Series. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what are you on about?
0: Yeah. Ireland nearly got there last year, but um
1: any successes in the Olympics? Just to
0: finish it off the sports. No, section. I have not watched any of the Olympics.
1: Yeah,
0: and also I think sports Olympics are pretty boring. So, <laughs> winters the winter one is actually very good. Um, it's just that yeah, I don't have any of the channels and yeah, just don't have it and like no way really watching it. Like if it's on, I'd be watching it. That's so I think that's the thing with the summer Olympics is like usually it's always on, um, mm. and it's like the summer, so you're watching. You're, what, more likely to watch it? So, I think
1: it, I I don't know. For me, the winter the sorry the summer Olympics are just more exciting. There's more things that I uh, that mm. I enjoy about yeah. them. There's more
0: sports that I can. Well, like for Ireland, I anyways, mean, it's more competitive. <laughs> I think we have like no like we have a few athletes, but like I think none of them obviously train in Ireland, so it oh. really doesn't feel like. They're we properly. only have like a one one, brown, uh, brown <laughs> bronze medal. Which is like <laughs> I thought pathetic. you got to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> no. One brown, sorry, bronze. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: well, anyway, Poland performed pathet- pathetically mm. this uh, this time around.
0: Then you um, get snow, so
1: <laughs> yeah. What's your excuse? <laughs> we don't <go> get snow. <laughs> well, uh, wait for the global warming,
0: and then we all gonna be. Then cold. we'll all be just. A- I seen there was a picture actually. It was like they're doing the ski jump in the. Like, there's in this, I don't know, industrial park, and no snow. It's, like, all artificial. Like, most of it's been artificial oh, yeah. snow anyways, so...
1: Yeah, well, that just tells you, right? Yeah. um You don't really need
0: snow for the Winter <laughs> Olympics anymore. It's fake snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyways, enough mm. about the... um all those other non-sciencey stuff going on in the world like who cares about that yeah it's all about the science it's all about human sciences what's popping what's uh, this yeah, that, new hiv strain that was mad Are we w- you know do you know how i came out uh, do you know how
1: i heard about this for the first time oh god hey how I, I was on uh reddit
0: corona conspiracies oh, uh, really? so reddit. <laughs> and so a so- conspiracy led you to actual a yeah. true yeah that's mad, isn't it? Jeez. So it had some benefit. I still think the benefits are very small. From Oh, no, you, the, the thing
1: they they said it on that subreddit was completely uh, unreliable. But the core information about the new uh, strain of HIV was correct. Yeah. But the story around it was well, incorrect. what did they, they say? Was this... oh, it was the vaccine-induced new oh, HIV. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the <laughs> mRNA vaccine. <laughs> against... The
0: mRNA, of a new strain HIV. of HIV oh, yeah okay.
1: because because to create the vaccine they use like part of the HIV <laughs> sequence and then it somehow created a new strain of the HIV virus yeah bonkers um, anyways they, give us the facts I'll give you, give the, you facts the facts right now I know everyone is thirsty for it <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first of all HIV stands for human immunodeficiency virus and once you catch it you can develop a uh, condition, disease, called Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome, AIDS uh, in short. So in humans, the virus works by infecting and destroying a type of white blood cells. We call them CD4 helper cells. And these CD4 helper cells are important uh, for our immune system to function because when they detect infection, they become activated and they send uh, proteins, different signals, and they recruit other immune cells in order to fight the infection. So once we once someone catches the virus, this interferes with this person's immune system, decreases it decreases their ability to fight infection, and at the same time increases the risk of developing cancers uh, and also developing other infections that normally are not lethal, but in these people uh, these non-lethal conditions can become
0: lethal. I didn't know it and- causes increased the risk of cancer. That's-
1: Yeah, uh, one of them is the uh, Kaposi sarcoma. So have you seen that movie uh, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks? Oh, no, I haven't seen. Okay, so for uh, everyone else have seen (laughs) it because it's... I don't know what's wrong with you. But there is a scene there when they ask him to take off his shirt in the court. And you can see, like, um, kind of something that looked like bruises all over his body. And this is actually the science of the Kaposi, Kaposi sarcoma. So it's a type of a cancer that forms masses in the skin and in the lymph nodes. Oh, is uh, it because you're
0: you cause your T cells as well, they're important for keeping like getting rid of cancer cells as well. So if you're you have no T cells, well
1: the, the Kaposi sarcoma is caused by the com- combination of the immune suppression caused by the uh, uh, AIDS yeah. and also because your Im- your immune system is depressed, you're more prone to develop infections due to other viruses like human herp virus. Yeah. So the Kaposi sarcoma is kind of uh, caused by the her- herpes virus. And the herpes virus can do this because your immune system is so low oh, that yeah. it cannot deal with it. Yeah. So yeah, other forms of cancer is also um, B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and cervical cancers. Um, so just yeah, it's uh, you know you, you don't it says like you die of AIDS, but really what happens? your immune system is so weak that you're just very prone to to catch anything from the air and it becomes lethal yes yeah. and it, it is very sad. So most people who acquire um, who are HIV positive acquire the virus when uh, they interact directly with someone's blood who is uh, already infected and it could be through a broken skin. Uh, it also could be via sex intercourse, so it's not only uh, blood, but also, uh, like, the semen and, and, and sexual intercourse. Marginal. uh And anal, yeah. And although very rare, transmission can also occur if both partners have sores or bleeding gums. And blood from the HIV partner can get into the non-HIV partner via kissing. But normally, kissing does not transmit it, but, like, if you have... You know, poor dental hygiene and you have bleeding gums, that could lead to it as well. So um, most of the vi- most of the AIDS cases in the in Europe and America and Asia is caused by the HIV one virus. There's also HIV two, but this one is mostly detected in the West African demographics. So HIV one is 95 percent of cases, and then HIV two is is only in Africa. And as most of us know, the virus and the AIDS came to, the pub- came to public attentions in 1980s, uh, especially in America. So that was like a little bit of the background, a very little background about the HIV virus. So now let's get into the, the main story. So on the 4th of February, DutchNews.nl posted an article where they wrote about a highly virulent strain of HIV that has been discovered circulating in the Netherlands and the original paper is by oxford university researchers published in science magazine so again very reputable
0: it's um, funny because i de- just um like this whole variant thing i was like i wonder what they've even looked at this ho- or looked at a variant only for the fact that we were tracking covid and covid variants so far like and they're like oh maybe we should look at hiv
1: yeah, it's funny how it came out on the on the back of uh yeah. coronaviruses being like and the variant becoming
0: really co- like a buzzword in science i
1: know i know crazy uh well it actually, they actually had like mm, this the study is a part of like a bigger uh consortium between uh like m- multiple countries and they were just they were like tracing it uh and that's how they picked it up at some point so um it's actually not as new as as, as we have thought, but yeah. I will get to that. So as, as you actually pointed out, this news arrives on the shoulders of the ongoing coronavirus pandemics, where new mutations to SARS-CoV-2 viral genetic sequences had significant impact on the virus trans- transmissibility and the damage it causes. And we already know that RNA viruses, RNA-based viruses, such as coronaviruses, are prone to higher rate of mutations, and of course HIV is also an RNA-based virus. Therefore, by the default, is also prone to the higher rate of mutations. Viral load and the rate of CD four cell decline—it's kind—they are kind of measures of how how dangerous the, the virus is or the new strain is, and they and they are heritable properties. What it means is that these properties are. Uh, casually affected by the viral genetics, leading to correlation between an
0: individual and whoever they infect. So the it, looking at the virus sorry, is it viral load and CD4 count? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So like, the, if it's a hot, if it goes up very high, the viral yeah. load and the CD4 count goes quite low quickly. Then it's a sign that it's a way more pathogenic,
1: yeah. more vir- uh, virulent, vir- virulent. Yeah. And yeah, because we, we, there is, a, as I said, there's a HIV 1 virus, but within that virus, you have already certain subtypes. Uh, but you know, when, when people talk about it, they just say HIV virus, they don't really go into yeah. the detail of subtypes. But we already know with what subtype, what sort of viral loads and how quickly CD40 cells decline is associated with. So by investigating this, you can kind of deduce whether it's something that already exists or whether some it is something something new that hasn't hasn't been seen before and so is this new it,
0: is this new one like a subtype of HIV1 or is it yeah oh, okay yeah and it's do you exact, know what, it's exactly subtype yeah. oh okay right right and is it uh do, actually does out of interest do, is there mm-hmm. what's is there ma- much of a difference between HIV1 and 2 like like yeah so in, it's
1: the uh, there's a 56% uh, genetic overlap only fifty six percent genetic overlap. So HIV one is was is originally uh, from the chimpanzees in Africa, and the HIV two derive is taken from another group of monkeys. They oh. are called Suti Suti Mangabe. Hmm. So they are they are the original carriers of the HIV two Which in monkeys is not called HIV because H starts from humans. Yeah. In monkeys, it is SIMIAN. S oh, I M I A N. Oh, they said semen. No, no. SIMIAN. I think I'm mispronouncing it, but it's spelled S I M I A N, immunodeficiency Simi- virus. SIMIAN. SIMIAN. SIMIAN, yeah. Actually, if you get infected with a HIV 2, it's a little bit easier on you than HAV-1. Oh, okay. HAV-2 is, first of all, it's not as easy to catch um, HAV-2. And uh, once you catch it, once you have it, it's not as um, aggressive, if, for the lack of a better words. So Typical um,
0: sequel, never. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but... Well, they don't know if it actually is a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> But that's um, so it's cool actually. So it's two independent sources for this. Yeah, both these HIV. Okay, yeah. Anyways, go Uh, on with your um, this new. So we're
1: back to the HIV one. So it has been expected that the viral load and CD4 cells decline could change with the emergence of the new variant. Yes, so that's where we left off the last time. So if you have a new variant, you expect that certain things will change, which is the viral load and CD4 cells. So we use this hypothesis to to look uh, further into this, and this new highly virulent HIV strain has been identified using that hypothesis. And researchers refer to it as VB, which stands for virulent, virulent subtype B. So it's a HIV VB. So that's uh, so it's already there is already existing subtype B of the HIV, and this one is just kind of a, more like virulent, a, like a cousin. Yeah, it just kind of they split at some point. So the VB variant was first identified in 17 HIV-positive individuals uh, from Beehive Project. So this is this uh, larger consortium that investigates uh, progression of the HIV and studies the HIV in Netherlands, I think Belgium, Germany, and I think Congo as well. What's it called?
0: Beehive. Oh, it is called Beehive. I thought there was like... I thought there was like a HIV outbreak in a beehive, like <laughs> with beekeepers, I was like, "What the hell is going on there? <laughs>
1: what are these guys doing?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> the <door> they <laughs> it's the it's just called Beehive Project. Okay, Grant. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it collects samples from across Europe, and actually, sorry, it's uh, Uganda. It's Uganda okay. from Africa. Uganda. Yes. So since 15 of those people came from the Netherlands of the 17 HIV uh, positive individuals with this VB variant, 15 of those people came from the Netherlands. So people, so the researchers start thinking like, okay, so if 15 out of 17 is from the Netherlands, most likely started in the Netherlands, let's, let's look in, into the Netherlands. So the researchers then analyzed data from a cohort of over uh, 6,700 HIV-positive individuals in the Netherlands, starting from the 15 positives. And this identified an additional 92 individuals with that particular variant from all regions of the Netherlands, bringing it to the total of 109 individuals that were infected, uh, that have been infected with the uh, HIV-VB. And is that higher than... No, that's what I was that's what I was being like, well, it's not really that high of a number if you if you think about it, but then they hypothesize that because of the use of the antiviral drugs and very good and early uh, ability to detect HIV positive uh, people and, you know, the decrease of stigma associated with being HIV positive in, in these days allows for very early detection, yeah. very early intervention, and luckily, this new subvariant is not resistant to the antiviral drugs. It is more virulent and it's more infectious, but at in the same time, it's not resistant uh, yeah. to the treatment. So if you if you if you come in with the treatment early enough, you can you can so, you can suppress it. Yeah. yeah. So that's why that's uh, could be an explanation for such a low number for a virus that claimed to be more virulent than let's say the original hiv
0: yeah but maybe as well it could be considering it there were small numbers at the beginning it still could be relatively a large amount that it's gone to um since then compared to considering all them criteria so that so many people are on treatment and all that stuff
1: yeah could be also this this uh new new variant has been around since the um 1990s this but, new one uh, 1990 yeah wow. but it's only been detected now it just got missed and and <sighs> one of those things was because because the, the the antiviral treatment and such are quite effective now and because this new variant is not resistant to that treatment that it, they were just able to suppress yeah, it but yeah. then but then when you retrospectively look at the uh, at some of these results, they were able to kind of trace it back and, and put oh, together. Wow. And together with the uh, phylogenetic studies as well, when they were comparing and contrasting different strains, they were able to kind of work their way back into at what point in time this particular virus emerged on the timeline. Um, but uh, just to give you a little bit more detail on the on the viral load, so the individuals with the VB variant, uh, their viral load is between 3.5 to five T- between 3.5 to 5.5 times higher than normally so that's uh, that's quite significant and of course in addition to that the rate of the cd4 cell decline occurs, twi- occurs twice as fast as an individuals with uh, w- without the vb variant and that placed them in the risk of developing aids uh, much quicker than mm, people who don't get VB. on tr- get treatments yeah, yeah and also the individuals with the vb variant showed an increased risk of transmitting the virus to other mm. so everything is pointing into like it's a disaster of a strain right because uh, it, it's a higher viral load uh, the the easier to see the decline of uh, CD c- cd4 cells easier spread yeah but luckily as we have already mentioned here is not the, that's not really the case um because it, um, after starting the treatment, as I said, the individuals with that particular VB variant had similar immune system recovery and survival to the individuals with the other. So the next important question is, uh, where did this variant evolve and how did it evolve? And I partially already answered this question, but just to get into a little bit more detail. So what they did, they, they analyzed sequence data using the whole genome, genome data sets. Uh, so whole genome sequencing Mm -hmm. comparison and the VB variant was compared with consensus of all touch subtypes B sequences available at both the amino acid and the nucleotide level so very thorough investigation looking into these differences and right now we know that there were 250 amino acid changes and 509 nucleotide changes and um, and there's also some insertions and deletions in the genome and for anyone who's uh, interested in the genetics um, a very small number of mutation was discovered in the conserved regions of the genome such so as the POL gene of the HIV virus where PO- POL is responsible for uh, reverse transcription of the RNA to cDNA so you really as a virus you really want this gene to be preserved because you don't want to make a you don't want to make it not work by accident you really want to get your you get your RNA to the cDNA so yeah. it can get incorporated into the host genome, uh, but where they found uh, kind of hotspots of mutations were gene called ENW, which is responsible for production of protein forming the viral envelope. And the expression of the ENV gene enables these retroviruses to target and attach to specific cell types. So perhaps uh, mutations in that envelope somehow made that virus more uh, attract to the to the to the target cell and just easier to to get inside. Um, uh, some of these mutations probably made it faster in replication as well. By analyzing the patterns of genetic variation among the samples, the researchers estimate that the the Vb variant first came around during the late 1980s. So, like you know, the HIV was in Europe and in states around 1920s, 1950s, but like the it started peaking in the 1980s. So it took very few years from its peak moment to kind of evolve to this extra virulent version. Uh, So that happened in the late 1990s and early, late 1980s and early 1990s in the Netherlands. Uh, It spread more quickly than other HAV variants. Uh, but its spread has been declined since around 2010 and that has to do with the treatment Treatments. and detections and, and and
0: stuff like that so so uh, would it be the most common one detected in the Netherlands for new cases uh, that I don't know yeah. I don't I don't
1: know that yet they they, they still have lo- kind of unanswered questions about this because they just had they just having a hard time to understand how this virus, came Came around because if you think about it uh, and this is something that we talked about the coronavirus as well like you know if the virus becomes really infectious and really deadly so that's apparently what this virus might be because it, it it replicates very quickly and it it kills the cd4 cells very quickly making it more lethal for people so if it's more lethal then it's a lesser chance of it to be spread around because if if you kill your host too quickly Mm, you, you don't get a chance to, to spread around But at but the same at this, time
0: I suppose though and, and this is kind of different Because like HIV doesn't kill you overnight Like it, it takes yeah, like a year or two At least anyways Wouldn't it? So I suppose Yeah but like It's not like it would matter that much But Yeah you would wonder What, what kind of pressure was causing it to be more Selective pressure was causing it to be more pathogenic Or like virulent Yeah Yeah but um, you know they they label
1: it as in a as in new strain and yeah, it's increase. been around
0: is are we've been around for a while now yeah, um, yeah cuz i seen the headlines and i was like oh great new new uh, variant of HIV, just what we need but just what actually we was right now complete sensitization sensilization. yeah i know what you're saying <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah so it came down it's not the new it's, it's yeah. been here already for
1: years. And the, the most important news is, like, you know, the, the antiviral treatment works mm. for it. So it's not like it's it somehow is able to escape um, escape the antiviral drugs, yeah. the antiviral cocktail. So that's a, that's good news. I thought it was interesting to look at it. Yeah. The paper in itself was really, really nicely written. Uh, I got a chance to read all through it. It's not really that long. And, um, I was even able to understand it to the greater extent, so i was I was really happy mm. with myself, yeah, so just um it's I an interesting I,
0: I know it's a really awful disease virus and all that, but it is an interesting virus, in that how you can't mm-hmm. really ever cure yourself well, four people is i think it's like four or three or four people have only been ever cured fully of h i v like you can only like suppress the virus it's um, yeah,
1: there were some yeah indeed there are like some rare cases
0: when and someone they, has been completely they, and, and they were cured because that to change their whole immune so like their bone marrow transplant so like yeah, one, yeah right. it was something to do with the bone marrow transplant yeah yeah but um, uh, very interesting it is kind of interesting in a weird f- way <laughs>
1: as science always as a is. science way yeah, it was really something scary, right? Be, yeah. Living in the seventies or or eighties. Mm, yeah, that's and what people are like. I wish re- I
0: lived in the eighties. I'm like, <laughs> I don't do know. you really?
1: <laughs> yeah, and especially back then, you didn't know what it was, right? Yeah, and it was, how it's a spread. And it's so much like stigma associated with it back then. It's just yeah. yeah. Anyways, thank thankfully we live in better, Bedard. more understanding times now, don't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> where no one gets stigmatized for wearing a mask or oh god, <laughs> getting a about it. Horrible. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we won't go down that rabbit hole. No, but.
1: let's not go down.
0: But that, that thanks for that that was in yeah really interesting and uh, a good way of like the he- he- don't trust always the headlines and that read the article and show like actually it wasn't completely new has yeah. been already established so
1: and what's brilliant is that it's an open access article so even if you don't have access to like a university library or something you can just go on the website and yeah. download the pdf and uh, have it's a, a little... go at it
0: yeah cool okay uh yeah so then today for my um my mind story or my main um discussion i wanted to talk about so yeah as i mentioned ketamine for suicidal ideation. So it was an interesting article I seen about the use of ketamine in the treatment of depression and maybe in other kind of psychiatric disorders or people, I suppose, with mental health issues. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of discuss it and see, like, maybe what could it mean in the future for the treatment of these disorders and other drugs that are, like, were banned as we said, like uh, the war on drugs and stuff. Could these be re-emerged as... Possible new um, treatments in these dis- these disorders. So, um, yeah, I was reading. I suppose I'm watching. Actually, that was the yeah. So, um, okay, maybe I'll explain what ketamine is first. Maybe yeah. Um, so ketamine it's um it's a medication primarily used for induction and maintenance of anesthesia. So like mm-hmm. in it's actually. I don't know if they use it in humans. I know they use it in animals anyways. Um, in horses. In horses, yeah, I like to keep yeah. them maintain them in the uh that kind of state where they're like comatose. Um yeah, it, it it induces dissociative anesthesia, a trace like state providing pain relief, sedation and amnesia. Um yeah, the distinguishing features of ketamine as- anesthesia preserved breathing and airway reflexes stimulated heart function would increase blood pressure and moderate bronchodilation so yeah you basically it's it's kind of like they refer to as like a depersonalization as well at low low doses Mm -hmm. where you i I don't know how to describe it like it's kind of where you dissociate from yourself i think that's what they just they say um so this is one of the um this is one of the the effects of ketamine and this is one of the promising aspects that you think might help in the treatment of these um disorders or mental health issues it could be hard to explain what it is if neither of us have ever experienced yeah it, right? that's it yeah. like yeah, yeah maybe if you've used it you could <laughs> give yeah, us a sure. tip um but like it's a weird one because um yeah i've heard like stories like when my sister used to the veterinary place i like mm-hmm. do you, you do know do you have ketamine she's like yeah we use it like on animals and like yeah people could obviously just rob it from there and use it because i know yeah people use it uh, they re- you, they refer to it as a k-hole when you like take care oh, really? i mean I, I i think it'd be just like awful like why would i want to be like completely comatose and can't move it's a weird one to me i think it's do- dosage as well plays a role i think maybe if you take in the smaller doses it doesn't have the same yeah effect. that's what it is yeah i suppose yeah. um yeah and so the the repurposing of ketamine for use in mental disorders is a noteworthy yet disputed development in psychiatry over the past two decades so it's controversial and there's a and I, it's very hard like especially with all these drugs that were banned and now they're re emerging so much positive uh publicity about how useful and effective they are but like there's not really been a done a huge amount of research on like clinical trials and actual uh, quality studies, and it's like it uh, when you just look at a news headlines, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, why aren't we all taking ketamine for all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, for all these disorders, but like, um, it's not really, sh- really, I think there has to be a more unbiased look at it. Uh, and I think it's like obviously people who are pro drugs and pro uh, are going to publicize this kind of headlines and news stories rather than looking at it from an unbiased, um, yeah, angle and yeah another thing is like it, it's an antidepressant effects um it's unconventional because it's yeah sorry it's unconventionally swift and it doesn't apparently involve mono pathways so these are the pathways that constitute the primary reward path, path pathways that constitute the primary reward pathways in the brain so like mm-hmm. traditional like drugs like cocaine uh uh heroin and all them, they are involved in like releasing um yeah, the pleasure effects whereas that's yeah, they not get the, you hooked. Yeah, well that's not the case with ketamine. So I suppose in a way, ketamine you wouldn't it's it's unsure then how it has its effect because it doesn't give you a reward and yet it seems seems to have an effect. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah you can debate I suppose is it addictive or not. Um but yeah ketamine could also rapidly reduce suicidal ideation in a way that is at least partially dep- independent from its effect on the mood so yeah it, it doesn't affect your mood it's like some kind of independent pathway so that's why it's kind of seems to be more promising than these other drugs like mdma and all, all that kind of other stuff
1: mm. wow so, it's really interesting but hard to understand
0: <laughs> yeah 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 it, it's pity like so much uh investigation and all this was just blocked and it's still blocked really yeah. um now that we just still don't know exactly how it works um yeah, so one subgroup where current treatments—and this is what this, this study looked at—so um, current treatments are really not very poor is uh, acute suicidal ideation. So this is when you're like, it's like not like depression in that it's chronic. It's more like you—it it overcomes you immediately. Mm-hmm. You're like, I, you feel like suicidal straight away, and you you just couldn't help yourself. I suppose some um, the main one you would think of is bipolar disorder where mm-hmm. it just might overcome you and you might do something that you just regret just like uh, out of nowhere out of nowhere exactly right yeah. okay um traditional holistic approaches involving psychosocial interventions patient and family education and hospital admissions or community based management with close monitoring are currently the key interventions in acute suicidal ideation however these strategies might demand weeks of support and are limited by availability of resources um, although only a minority of patients with suicidal ideation go on to attempt suicide many patients experience extreme suffering during emergency presentations as we all know like it's it's so hard especially in Ireland anyways they get treatment for like suicidal uh, ideation it's so mm-hmm. difficult it's can be a stigma associated it and you don't like going to an A&E or sorry going to ED with this it's just like nothing's ever really done about it like it's you're just sent home again and it just yeah it's terrible it just feels like you you left to your own devices right yeah so it it would be therefore difficult to argue against any new treatment if it were to be effective safe fast acting and readily available so one study performed by his name was Abar and colleagues. It was ketamine for the acute treatment of severe suicidal ideation. Double blind randomized placebo control trial. And it gives some interesting insights into the use of ketamine. And maybe identify, could this be used in these cases. So it was a randomized placebo control trial. And investigated the anti-suicidal effects of intravenous ketamine. From three days to six weeks after treatment in. 156 patients voluntarily admitted to hospital with severe suicidal ideation. So the underlying diagnosis were divided into the three main groups. So it was bipolar disorder, depressive disorder or other psychiatric disorders. Um, I suppose now it would be a better. At the time, they didn't have a, a really good control. Like if the placebo is mm-hmm. just saline infusions... Mm -hmm. Uh, and like this is the problem again with these placebo trials with drugs because if you're on ketamine you'll know (laughs) like you would know that you're on it and if you're on placebo you're like okay I don't feel anything so I know I'm not on it so it's like there's going to be a very hard to control for it so this is what happened in this trial that they only use saline infusions they reckon that it should really be using a a more suitable comparator which is uh, Mm a midazolam so yeah it could yeah, it would. Th- this the fact if you know you're on ketamine, it might mask the actual effects uh, and might give a bias towards the, the result. It's just something to be aware of. For right. It. So that and other that replacement and it mimics the yeah, it would of, okay. give a kind of similar comparison. Okay. Anyway, so the authors found a significant difference in the remission of suicidal ideation favoring ketamine at day three after treatment, uh, which became non-significant by weeks week 6 owing to good improvement in both groups Uh, and this observations replicate previous findings and this uh, again because it's a placebo controlled trial is actually a good uh, indication Uh, interesting ketamine's beneficial effect was driven almost exclusively by patients with bipolar disorder Benefits were not observed in those with major depression or other mental illnesses. Uh, and all importantly, as well, no new manic or psychotic symptoms were reported. This unexpected outcome perhaps defies the prevailing notion that patients with major depression would benefit most from ketamine. Uh, and in fact, both usual care and ketamine given with usual care led to low comparable remission rates of 3.1. Thirty-five point seven percent, forty-two point three percent for suicidal ideation, respectively. So there was very little difference in this subgroup if they were just given usual care or maybe usual care with ketamine. It didn't really lead to a change,
1: right? So it's not like it's a it's not like it's a magic bullet that you no. you, you give it to someone and any sort of any kind of psychiatric or yeah, mental health we'll, disorder will be able to fix. No, it's it, it's more like it works for
0: something, but it doesn't work for something else. Which makes sense, actually, you know. Yeah. Um, And while the study, therefore, confirms that many patients with depressive disorder and suicidal ideation remain poorly served by available treatments, it shows that another important group of patients with acute suicidal ideation, uh, such as those with bipolar disorder, could potentially benefit from ketamine. Uh, And once again, here's the evidence that careful clinical evaluation must... Proceed any consideration of ketamine use, which must be reserved for specific clinical presentations, and not given an indiscriminately to anyone presenting with suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting study in showing that maybe it is important that we try and identify who would benefit most, who could this actually work for, yeah. rather than we do a one fit, one treatment fits all. Um,
1: because I as as you have indicated, Ariel on that now there is this push, right? That they were wrong for saying that all of these drugs are bad. So now we just have to push them all because they are this wonderful yeah, medicine yeah. that was kept away from people.
0: Yeah, For example, exactly,
1: yeah. like, so that's 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 the other spectrum of this yeah. mentality, right? And it's like, that's also not true. You have to investigate, you have to look because they are like chemical compounds and they will work for certain conditions and they will not work for certain conditions. There is yeah. nothing, there's no such a thing as a, as a magic bullet anymore yeah
0: and i think again it it highlights the complex biological as well as psycho psychological factors that drive suicide and suicide ideation and that they vary between mental disorders so um because if we both are suicidal we both have different reasons there could be different mechanisms causing it exactly um Yeah. yeah and it just shows that um if someone goes to healthcare services because they're in uh unbearable mental pain like if you have this like if your leg is bleeding or your um heart attack you should be allowed treat be treated for the pain why is not the same for acute mental pain um and i don't think yeah there is enough treatment for like when you're just overcome with acute um yeah mental pro- health mental i don't issues like you you're mm-hmm. just really struggling um and you you really want to ha- get something to help you um uh, to get
1: you help you get by right
0: yeah yeah it i, I like i yeah it's it's funny how um it, it it really i i really have no clue how it works but like yeah i, I t- it's just one just in how how does depersonalization i think it's not strictly depersonalization in its own i do think there's another other pathways that they don't really know but like how that can help you <laughs> like somehow uh improve your mood improve your uh, like uh, yeah it's it's, it's funny yeah, i'd love I, to uh, talk to someone who maybe how does it work how how do it, uh, yeah
1: it's so hard to get these people on <laughs> <laughs> no yes. but like yeah it's <laughs> i'm
0: not saying we should have these people Straight away on. No, but it is, in itself, it's a very interesting topic, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so this trial actually was conceived in 2013. It was conducted between 2015 and 2019, and it's only now being published. It was actually quite a uh, few years ago that it was done. Um, During this long gestation, newly synthesized, it's called esketamine, has been approved for the treatment of resistant depression. Um, This, is again, has raised a lot of criticism because they're like is this the right way of treating depression? Well, like, really resistant, tr- tr- treatment-resistant depression, I suppose. It's one of the, like, last line of things is that you can do. We'll just try ketamine for it. Yeah. Um, but again, it, should we buy, be breaking it down and identifying it more? Who who would be more beneficial? Um, but yeah, it's just I just thought it was interesting. Esketamine, it's a nasal spray, and it's used in conjunction with an oral antidepressant, antidepressant. Uh, Yeah, for the treatment of depression in adults who have tried other antidepressant medicines but have not benefited from them. Because they say, this is the FDA, they said because of the risk of serious adverse outcomes resulting from sedation and dissociated caused by this administration and the potential for abuse and misuse of the drug, it is only available to a really restricted distribution system. So you really have to try every other avenue I think before you can actually get Prescribe this drug, so. But
1: if I understand to correct, does so does the use of ketamine is that to suppress the f- uh, the suicidal thoughts and
0: feelings, or is it to help to understand and cure? These- I think it's you know I don't think it's a suppre- Oh, I don't. Okay, well I'm not an expert at all. Yeah. I, from yeah. my opinion, from my understanding, it seems like it comes from understanding. Uh, it's not to hold back the. the yeah Uh, so it's uh, so it's more of a form of a treatment rather than mm, yeah it's not yeah and it seems like because it doesn't affect it's not going to increase happiness or like uh dopamine or stuff in your in your brain it it actually works it's It's not like (laughs) opioids yeah so it's kind of independent so it's kind of like the fact that it works is so interesting in that in that situation yeah Um, i wonder if europe europe
1: or i'm not sure actually
0: Oh, it looks like uh, ketamine-assisted psychotherapy available for the first time in Czech Republic. So that's one place that seems to be doing it. It's definitely not in Ireland anyways. Maybe in the UK. Yeah, pr- six private clinics are offering drug with healthcare uh, experts fearing a two-tier system. That's what I just seen as well. Oh, wow. It's like in March, the first... When was this? Um in 2021 so this is last year six private providers and the first service that includes psychotherapy charges six thousand pounds for a course of low dose treatments and talking therapy (laughs) wow that's really expensive so obviously the government the NHS, isn't funding it you have to get it privately
1: i think it's cheaper just to get a ketamine (laughs) off the street and take it and talk to your mate on the couch like you know but we <laughs> yeah. don't we don't recommend that <laughs> but you don't i'm just saying like isn't that it wouldn't that be all like the same well okay, i think maybe, you maybe need to have p-
0: someone who can ask the go- proper like yeah, questions yeah, not, okay. you need yeah. to be no, more no. focused i'm just joking i'm just um, joking <laughs> yeah true, but like bro. i
1: just gave you a solution to six thousand six thousand pounds problem yeah, like you yeah. know
0: what if you bring in the ketamine, is it cheaper? <laughs> yeah, if I can bring my own ketamine. <laughs> i get a better deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, yeah, so I think this again just opens the door to um, the use of, uh, that we shouldn't hold back research into these older but still valuable molecules such as ketamine and other non-conventional drugs, including hallucinogens. Um, will canine be given to eligible patients with suicidal ideations anytime soon well they haven't in the NHS it's privately sourced I don't think it's that common in Europe um but yeah again it's hard to know will this become a routine in the future um there seems to still be a bit of a stigma that people are will get addicted it's going to cause similar problems to like the opioid crisis we see in America I don't know if it would but I, I sometimes suppose- I wonder if if uh, what's
1: happening right now and let's say we're gonna be 80 100 150 100 150 <laughs> 100 years ago into the future are we not gonna look at ourselves now and so, the same way we look at the people who were like locked in the crazy asylums and
0: stuff like that was like what what why? were these people thinking <laughs> you know yeah uh, i suppose it's just like we were we're very much placing the weight on benefit that it shows a benefit um we don't want to routinely just give it to everyone but yeah it's it's um no it's true like you have to be but like i think ho- it's more i think i think the bigger issue i suppose the whole overarching bigger issue is the war on drugs and how much that's been a failure and yeah. if we can actually acknowledge that and move forward then we could do so much more benefit rather than be like because all these drugs are bad we should never look at it like investigate them it's illegal arrest all these people put them in jail because I
1: understand if they taking it slow because they want to do their research and they want to understand and everything so that makes sense what would not make sense is that they are they are resistant to it because they just are simply afraid and they're just yeah. Stuck in the old way of thinking, yeah. like you know, yeah. that I think these are like these two way that we have to be mm-hmm. sure that like we taking it slow because we need to study it and understand it rather than we yeah. making it slow purposely because we're just afraid yeah. of it and we don't
0: want to understand it at all. But uh yeah, it's 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 an exciting time, like super interesting. Like I don't think if like if you're interested in that career, I would not be in Ireland because I don't think we're going to ever get anywhere close to doing any of these kind of trials with these drugs because. Yeah, I think it's very much a public, public, like, yeah, drugs are bad. <laughs> bad yeah, it moment. seems like the Netherlands, uh, yeah, uh, the it's Czech, really pushing Czech Republic, uh, UK are the places to mm-hmm, be definitely for that. Yeah, <laughs> anyways. Uh, another thing I wanted to briefly mention was like, um, so psilocybin, uh, I think that's a, like a freely built big buzzword in and all these up and coming treatments as well for depression, mm-hmm. and it's called. Co- there was another study was like psilocybin microdosing, and they said that it does not reduce symptoms of depression or anxiety, according to a placebo-controlled study. So another study did this. Um, I was actually watching a show, and I read the book. It's called Nine Perfect Strangers, and it's a bit oh. kind of similar, where they're like, she uses microdosing to help improve their, which kind of tricks them into having feeling like they're in a, a better um. Having a better time, and then she, uh, she kind of puts them in a, uh, she, she, she kind of uses them like guinea pigs to try and develop this new retreatment center. <laughs> so she gives them all drugs to try and see if like you can a get Is she like a cult leader you. or something? Uh, she almost comes across as that, yeah. So okay. it was just interesting. But like again, it was another like mainstream kind of thing about microdosing and like, oh, it always improves your health and mood and all this. And yeah, this just shows that. Yeah, it's it's not really. Um, maybe it isn't as as great as it's, ter- it's as it com- turns out to be. Yeah, if
1: you if you convince yourself,
0: I'm sure it's great. Yeah. but empirically, um, but yeah, microdosing. I think if people didn't know, it's consuming small doses of the, a drug or psilocybin at regular intervals. Regular intervals, but yeah, it didn't improve symptoms of depression or anxiety. So the study included a carefully screened sample of seventy five participants who intended a microdosing workshop. That must have been fun. Uh, And at the end of the workshop, the participants received two bags that contained either psilocybin pills or placebo pills. The researchers instructed their participants to consume one bag of doses over the following three weeks. The participants then took a two-week break before consuming the second bag for the next three weeks. Neither the participants nor the researchers were aware of which bag contained psilocybin and which contained the placebo. uh, And then... Patients were excluded if they had consumed other psychoactive substances or deviated from their schedule of microdosing. And um, yeah, the, the researchers had expected that psilocybin microdosing would reduce symptoms of anxiety and depression and induce a bias towards positive facial expressions and increase interoceptive awareness, but the effect of microdosing did not differ significantly from the placebo. Uh, and they, in this study, they observed a strong generic placebo effect through though true where both the placebo and the microdosing group showed a significant change in their well being from the moment they started the study. So, like again, mm-hmm. it's with these psychoactive drugs where they're mood altering. It's it's so hard to like conclusively be like, oh, it was better. We we seen a better improvement because obviously if you think there's something's gonna t- you're taking a pill that's improving your. Uh, a mood you're going to like place like you're going to you're going change- to make yourself, make yourself believe, yeah. yeah make yourself believe regardless so it's yeah, really hard yeah. to measure an improvement and
1: you also be excited like oh i'm taking psilocybin <laughs> yeah so, like you're gonna make yourself believe that like you're actually you're actually yeah. getting high
0: yeah 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 and like as i said like many people in the study broke blind and they figured out what condition they were assigned to because yeah obviously you know if you're on psychedelics like <laughs> even <laughs> if you're microdosing you're kind of gonna know like you're like i don't feel any, like you're gonna i don't know hallucinate kind of hallucinate hallucinate i don't know how much maybe or feel all too different whereas you know if you're not on the placebo maybe you wouldn't but um, yeah, i think you would feel it yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's, as they said, this is a more g- generic problem for this type of research. The effect of psychedelics are so obvious, even at lower doses, that it is difficult to prevent people from figuring out what condition they are assigned to. Uh, if people subsequently figured out that they are in an ac- acute experimental condition, this in, in turn could contribute again to the placebo response. So... Yeah, the placebo effect is real, especially in these.
1: Yeah, these I mean, drugs.
0: Y- yeah, y- you're gonna know. Yeah, you're gonna know. So, yeah, yeah so it's not all positive news. And about I don't know,
1: this. I don't know where is this microdosing coming from. Like, I don't know if it was just like you know, <laughs> that some this millennial buzzword. or someone from Gen Z just like, <laughs> oh, are you microdosing? Because I am microdosing, and that's how it started. Like, look, if you wanna get high, just get high and just stop. <laughs> stop yeah. saying you are microdosing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a new trendy buzzword now i i don't know yeah i do think it's important i think the takeaway from my uh news anyways is that you, you should really try and establish who what group would it help in how would it help uh, and trying to get a good control to see yeah. the benefits and a good measurement of how it benefits so yeah so just be skeptical of new drug trials are being used that can treat yeah. depression like okay but like not all depression is the same and that's it, important to know
1: it is exciting times but it is know. exciting times yeah even though we are we, they are dealing with like a psychedelics and uh, dissociation drugs and stuff like that you as a researchers have to have two feet firmly on the ground yeah, and exactly. all the time in control and have well-designed stunts.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you uh, enjoyed our discussion on like a new variant of HIV and um, Little the bit use of these drugs, pro- yeah. prohibited drugs in new in mental health diseases and psycho. Um, in, in a way, rega-
1: regaining trust into into these uh, into these drugs. Yeah. Exactly. Working the way up to the society in the yeah. right way.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah if you have any thoughts or any um, comments on today's episode do let us know on uh, on our twitter skeptically i and instagram skeptically inclined and you can always email us any papers or anything interesting uh, skeptically inclined at gmail.com catch you catch you on the next one we'll catch you on the next one guys and uh, yeah and i promise regenerative Sorry. regenerative
1: medicine next time yeah. stay skeptical
0: stay skeptical guys Bye. bye